Hi, it's Brendan, and it's another episode of the Sales for Founders podcast. Today, Louie and I are going to drill into what you need to do to get ready for that first big sales call. It's uh, things to think about, strategies, questions to ask, everything. So it's a short episode, but I think it'll be really valuable. So let's get started. Brendan, how's it going? Good. Louie, how are you? I am doing pretty well. Recording on a Sunday, not so uh, not so normal for me, but uh, less stress, less context switching. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? We're, we're going to talk about how to prepare for the big sales call, which is will be a fun topic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's something that's come up a lot in the Sales for Founders course I've done so far. It comes up a lot in the, the group and the community. I'm sure yeah. people ask you all the time as well. Yeah, a lot. Um, yeah. Say you're an early stage founder with a software business and you put one of those book a demo call buttons on your website, on your landing page, yep. which is a pretty cool thing to do because obviously you want to be talking to as many people as possible in those early days. Yep. And then out of nowhere, somebody actually clicks on it and books in a call with you. What do you do next? Uh, it's, uh, well, first of all, I would argue that uh, every call has a potential to be a big call, but you know, certainly some calls, you know, if it's coming from a, a big company, then that that particularly grabs your attention. Uh, I, I I like to start at the end. Think about what you want to try and accomplish and accomplish both from your perspective, but also what do you think that they want to accomplish um, in that in that first conversation? And if you you know as much as you can know about that before, on the front end beforehand, um, that's gonna I think is going to inform um, how you prepare for the call and and how the call goes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good point. That even kind of as they're booking the call, you probably want to be asking a couple of questions there as well, if possible. Yeah, Not exactly. just, yeah, n- not just asking, you know, what time, what's your name? Yeah. What's yeah. the right email address? Yeah. Yeah, even if it's, you know, you can't pepper them with too many questions uh, for fear you're going to discourage them from stepping up. But if you could even have a couple check boxes or something that says, you know, here, here's my priority, it's this, this, or this, or fill in a blank, even that much, then from there, you can go to their website, you can do a little homework, and you might see if something is coming up, they're growing, they've reorged, they've whatever, they're using a, a certain tool now, whatever those things are, that can help kind of help you uh, before that first call. Yeah. So would you, would you if you're in a, a sales process where you're doing this, would you have like a checklist of things to go through for that? Yeah, Absolutely. And, yeah. So and, you'd have, you'd put that together kind of in advance and then you'd go through. So demo booking email pops in, someone's booked in 20 minutes, half an hour on your, on your calendar. Yep. Next step for you is I'm going to go and have a look through, yep. go through this checklist, yep. see who they are, see yep. what they want, see yep. if they're a good fit. Yep. LinkedIn. You're going to go to LinkedIn. Of course, you're going to see what they, they talk about on Twitter or whatever social media channels they might have. You certainly want to get kind of that perspective um, you know, if you know, uh, you know, they're just, just knowing their title is a big, can tell you so much about who they are and, and, uh, and, and what kind of questions you might be getting. Are you qualifying at that stage? Are you, it's something that I see is not so bad in the early days, the very, very early days, let's say first five customers or so first 10 customers where really you're, you're just happy if anyone books in a phone, right. <laughs> a phone call, yeah. but at certain, a certain point, so Right now with, with Sparkloop, for example, a lot of the calls that we get coming through that people book in or try and book in, they're, they're a waste of time. Basically, yeah. they're either way too small yeah. or uh, we run a small bit of, 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 of Google search ad volume. And sometimes people 
come in from there completely unqualified and think that we do referrals for YouTube or something like that yeah. rather yeah. than for, for, for newsletters. So they, they will book in a call and it will be a complete, you know, nonsense, probably just almost spam in, in a sense, yeah. right? They, right. they, they right. have no intention of even showing up. Yeah. So um, yeah. Do you, do you think that's something that, how, how would you approach that? Do you, is that, yeah. Er, yeah. Early on when you're, um, when you don't have customers, you don't have very many customers. I, I think all those conversations tend to be valuable. They become less, to your point, they become less valuable over time and they ultimately can become a time sink. If they're not a good fit, you want to get them out of your pipeline. They're just a distraction or you want to put them in some sort of nurture campaign, treat them well, of course, but you don't, you don't want to, um, you, you don't want to burn their time or yours at that point. But in the early going, it's probably good to get feedback on your website, on your experience, on the, the functionality. And then of course, as you get that feedback, you have to decide whether it's valuable or not, but you know, you want to have conversations with a lot of people, I think. Yeah, totally. I, I like that. It's also interesting. You can, you can use it almost to, to avoid that happening again in the future. Right. So right. let's say you, I don't know, you sell something to people with a, a like like Sparkly, the very big email list, yeah. and you get all these people with very small email lists signing yeah. up for these calls, which they shouldn't be on. They they don't. There would be no value to them of, of being on that. You can uh, kind of almost take a couple of those calls and just say, hey, look, this. You know, why why did you think this was going to be a, something for you, right? Like, why why did we make a mistake? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. what did we say that made you think this is a call that I should be should be jumping on? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, uh, when, when they, when they sign up, you can kind of figure some of that stuff out. You can, you can fine tune that those check boxes I spoke of and the, and the, and the, and the, the, the text field that they can put their stuff in. And then maybe based upon their answers, you can figure out whether or not you send them an email saying, Hey, we'd love to have you. Here's an, here's a, here's something you might want to read. Um, and, and we don't, you gently figure out some way to say, you're probably not a fit for us. But that's that's at a point where you're you're starting to really make some sales and and getting some traction. Until until you get traction, I think you want to have conversations with with cu- with pr- prospective customers, even if it's just to figure out why they found you and and misguidedly got to your site. Sure. Yeah. yeah sure. So so what? L- let's say that all the signs are there. They they seem to be qualified. You've done a bit of research, and it looks like they could be potentially a, a good customer. Yeah. Are you going to have contact with this person? Let, let's say it's a Monday. They've booked in a call for Friday afternoon. Yeah. Are you going to have contact with them after they book in that call before you jump on a call with them? Yeah, I, w- I would. I would do at a minimum. At a minimum, I think you want to send them an agenda based mm-hmm. on what you're hoping to accomplish. It could be three or four or five sentences, but it's, you know, you send it a day, a, two days before. Here's what we're expecting to cover here are some of the things that we, we're going to touch on. Um, what would you like us to touch on? Um, is there a particular reason you are curious about what we do or how we can help? And then, and if you get that to them as, as an agenda a day or two before, you've reminded them that there's a call coming up. So it's less likely they're going to cancel or not show. Secondly, you're going to kind of further validate and confirm and qualify that you're on the right track. And if you're not, hopefully they're going to email back and say, no, 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 this is what we're interested in talking about. And if they do that, then chances are you can kind of, you can structure the demo to make it more specific to whatever their interests are. And that's, to me, that's the key is, is going back to where do you start? You start where you want to end. What is it that they want to get out of this call? And what is it that you want to get out? 
And if you kind of know those things, that kind of helps inform the, the preparation you need to do for the call. Nice. Yeah. So you'd be doing that pretty much straight after they book the, the meeting yeah. in then really yeah. Yeah. almost like I, I almost phrase it as sort of it was an automated email that goes out, but it would be, you know, what would make, we're going to have a 20 minute call on Friday. I'm yep. looking forward to it. I've got some time to prepare in advance. Yep. Uh, what would make that 20 minutes uh, a win for you basically? Yeah. 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 You might, you might somewhere in there fire off a, an email that says, Hey, here's, here's a little backgrounder on us. Here are 10, here are 10 key things that make us great or, or some social proof, you know, and a couple, a couple key benefits and how it works. Or, uh, or if you, if you're in that industry and you've got a solution for that industry, here's a customer that's in your industry that this is what they're doing with our tool or whatever the solution. And, and that's just kind of a way to stay in front of them, not spammy, right? Hey, you know, uh, it's a note from you. It's got an attachment. I'm an old guy, so I still like attachments, but you know, it could be a link to a, a, a particular landing page, a particular page that maybe it's even hidden or maybe it's specific to them. Yeah, I like that. I, I less keen on the attachments idea. I like the links to the things <laughs> online. I, I I like my uh, my my emails to end up uh, always being delivered. I've had yeah, yeah. You can you can run into some weird ones there, right? With um, true people that's who true. who only allow sort of very random attachments. And, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, they, yeah. Not necessarily the most fun, but uh, yeah. Assuming you don't have one of those kind of draconian people, then no, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, so. Do you do do you go in for reminders before a call? I've seen some people send none. Some people they send one uh, twenty four hours before the call, an hour before the call, fifteen minutes oh, before the yeah. call, five yeah, before. Yeah, What's the, your... the, the automated yeah. one you can pick, and if it's it seems to me you know fifteen minutes before or ten minutes before something like that is useful. If you've done this other stuff where you've emailed them a couple times, you know just like gently here's what we're going to talk about. Here's, here's a little more about the company. Then, then they've had a couple chances to cancel. And, uh, and if they cancel, ostensibly you want that to happen, right? They accidentally, they read enough about you. They, they don't, you know, not a good fit. Then you might want to try and learn about that, but, but yeah, wearing them down with reminders seems unnecessary to me. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely such a thing as too many reminders, yeah. right? And yeah. I, I personally, I, I don't love reminders. I actually don't send any right. sort of, you know, reminder right. emails just saying we have a meeting booked in in 24 yeah. hours, in, yeah. you know, that time. Yeah. Some people do. Uh, I don't love receiving them because I, it, feel, I, it happens rarely enough that I think that's something that I actually have to look at or that I'm, if I see something popping up in my inbox saying, you have a call with so-and-so, then I think, oh shit, I'm supposed to be on that call with so-and-so right now. Why, yeah. why isn't this in my calendar? Why yeah. didn't I see this? Yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, so I, I don't love them. But then I do from time to time get prospects who just no show for calls and I'll yeah. email them. And a minute later, they will show up on the call saying, oh, sorry, I, I completely forgot that we'd booked this in. The, the so, 10 minutes yeah. before is useful to me. I don't mind that. If it's a, if it's an email or a text, 10 minutes before is okay. 24 hours before bugs the crap out of me. Cause I think it's that time. Yeah. And then I've, I've made the mistake where I've like gone, don't gone to the meet, gone to the, and it's like, Whoa, it's, Oh, it's tomorrow. Dang it. You know, like I don't, that I find that to be 24. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
24 hours is the most stupid one to do of all because it does say the exact same time. Yeah. So you yeah. instantly think, oh, yeah. it's today. Yeah. yeah. So don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely not a fan of that. So now <laughs> no. you get them on, now they're on the call. They're in the, and then now what? What do you do? When they're already on the call. Yeah. Are, are we, are we there yet? Or are we still prepping for it? Oh, I, I, I thought we were going to leave what actually happens on the call for, oh, uh, for another, another time. Day. Okay, fair I, enough. Yeah, I no, so, leave some, so what else is there to get pre- Oh, yeah. yeah. So keep going. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. What, what else do we, what else? So one thing that will, will come up, I think we could, we could discuss quickly that does happen. Uh, well, yeah, two things. So let's check that one first. Let's say you have a call booked in with someone. Yeah. And they cancel. So they, they don't reach out and say, hey, look, I'm sorry, I can't do the meeting. They just yeah. click the you know, the, the, I'm not attending this meeting button, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. In in Google or whatever they use. Sure. What do you do then? Well, that warrants an email at a minimum, right? Yeah. I mean, why? Just, hey, I know she canceled. Any particular reason? Do we want to reschedule or was did you discover something? And, you know, I think most people are conscientious and so they'll give you some answer, you know, oftentimes. Uh, sometimes people cancel because they something else comes up. If they're in a big company, or decent sized company, or they're important individual, which is why you're excited about having the call, they could get called away at the last minute, or they get and people will behave very differently. You know, some people are very conscientious about, hey, I'm, I'm going to be hung up in this call, and they ping you, they text you, whatever. Others just they focus on whatever the meeting is. And when they get out of it, they'll say, hey, sorry, I missed your whatever, or they forget about it. Or say every now and then there's a snafu. So uh, one, one assumption I don't think you can make is just because someone cancels or doesn't show, I don't think you make the assumption that they're not interested. Um, I think you have to validate that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think if someone has been interested enough at one point to actually book in the call, yeah, then you you know you owe it yourself to uh, to reach out to them at least once or twice and say, you know, do we want to reschedule this? Did you, you know, were you just kind of in a hurry and something came up, so you just clicked on that to let me know you weren't going to be there and then yeah. forgot to reschedule. Yeah. That, that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that's, I mean, people, they've expressed interest. I try not to guess to see what it is. I've almost never write. It could be, could be any number of things. I've, you know, I've had a number of customers who you've talked, you know, you ping seven or eight times and they just don't respond. And then finally you catch them at the right time and, oh yeah, I'm, I'm still interested. So you, you don't give up. Yeah. But, I had a, a, a fun call with someone on, Friday, who wasn't a call, actually, they were booked in for a call on Friday. And uh, so this Friday passed, and I emailed them two minutes after the after the no show, just saying, hey, you know, do we want to reschedule? No worries. And they said, just replied saying, yep, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm super hungover. I will uh, <laughs> book something in for next week. And uh, yeah, That's it funny. takes takes all, all kinds. I, I, but on, this, on the converse side, uh, when they don't show, I don't stay on forever like 10 minutes i may ping them during the 10 15 minutes if, if they're not if they don't show up for 10 minutes you can move on with your day you know and then re, you know see if you can get rescheduled you're you're i i, I think you don't want to f- you don't want to telegraph that you're somehow eager um you you want to you you want to imply that you're worthy of the of being um you know respectful of their of your time so you know, if someone can be late, it happens. And, you know, after five or 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe drop and send them a note. Hey, I'll, well, let's reschedule. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you don't want to be too, uh, to use the, the TikTok generation's language, too thirsty for it. But <laughs> I I think what, what, I, what I do normally is I, I actually only stay on for about five minutes unless they're super important or unless we've, we've talked yeah. before and I know they should turn up. Yeah. If it's um, normally I'll stick around for five and then at five, I'll basically send them an email saying, hey, I'm on the call. Uh, I thought this is happening right now. Guessing something's come up. Let's reschedule. Yeah. Do you want me to put it in for the same time next week? Or you can click here to, you know, to let me know when would be a better fit for you. Yeah. And I think going that way of saying, look, we're both busy. I'm sure something has come up and it's absolutely no problem. You know, I'm not annoyed at all. Um, I'm guessing the normal thing, you know, what we expect when this happens is just to jump on another call. Yeah. Here's an easy, really way, easy way for you to just say, yes, thank yeah. you. That's right. Because they're probably like, if they, if they have missed it, then they're probably quite busy. So <laughs> they yeah. missed it for a reason. So yeah. it's easy for them just to reply yes. And if not, then they can go and pick the, the right time yeah. in, your, in your calendar tool. I think that's a good I think strategy. That's, yeah, that's useful to, to be able to just say, you know, same time, I'll, I'll, I'll reschedule it same time next week yeah. or whatever. And then I'll stick around for another couple of minutes because often they, they will actually show up and they've just, yeah. you know, it's easy, isn't it? Two minutes before a call, you think I'll go and make a, a quick cup of coffee. And then someone, especially in the before times, uh, if you're in the office, someone says something to you or you see someone you have to talk to quickly and all of a sudden it's uh, it's 10 minutes past and yeah. you've, you're late for the call. That's right. So, so getting ready. So you're still getting ready. Um, you know, who, who, who's going to be on the call from your side? And if it's just you, then that makes it easy. If there's somebody else, then um, you, you need to figure out who's going to say what and who's going to lead the call, I think. Um, I think that's, I think to, a certain amount of choreography is helpful because, because if it's a 30 minute phone call or a demo or, or a 30 minute initial call or 20 minutes or whatever the amount of time is, you have to be pretty crisp. Yeah, totally. I think it's, um, it's an interesting one. It's not something that I've seen be too much of a problem for early stage founders because normally there's there's only one or two people who can yeah. jump on the call in the first yeah. place and you normally wouldn't have both and i think it's actually a bad signal if you are one of if if you are in that very early stage where there's only two or three of you i probably wouldn't bring the other person on the call in the same way you you shouldn't do that for investor conversations either because it does smack of like this is a way bigger deal than it should be yeah. for us, right? Yeah. Oh no, we, we have a customer. Let's all jump in. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's an easy mistake to make because you're really excited and you both want to, to learn firsthand, right? And right. to be there and to, to show that you're there. But it, I think it actually does more harm than good to have two people on the call. I mean, yeah. later there are other calls, right? Like, especially now we're moving more at market for Sparkloop and we've done this in the past where they will expect a sales engineer to be on the call. And uh, yeah. that sales engineer probably won't speak and yeah. nine out of the 10 people that they're going to bring to the call won't speak except for the first 10 minutes where they introduce themselves. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. Well, in, in my case with, with, uh, with my company, uh, my partners have a very different skill set than I am than mine. And so we kind of have very clear, and we've been doing this for a while. We have very clear roles. And so if it's a, mm. if it's a sales question, it, I get it. And if it's a physician question, he gets it. And he's really good about, pausing and letting me say, Hey, John, what do you think? And, and hmm. so, but I, I find that it's, it's, it's valuable to, if you're going to have more than one person on the call from your side, know who, know what you're going to talk about and, and, uh, and who's going to cover what. And that goes back yeah. to this whole notion of 
what is it that you would like to accomplish in this call? What's the, what's the objective? What would you like your customer to come away with? And what is it that you want to come away with? Yeah. And we were allowing ourselves, I think, there to slip a tiny bit into to actually what we talk about on the call. Yeah. You know, the... Um, what is the preparation? So, like, how do you... Who, yeah. knowing, knowing ahead of time, who's going to say what? You know, who's going to be... Who's in charge? So it's, mm-hmm. who's leading the call? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is important, especially because if you have a more technical person on the call, then their tendency is going to want to be to want to answer any questions that come up that they can answer. Whereas what you actually want to do is for them not to say anything and you to ask, well, okay, that's really interesting. Why is this important? What are you trying to achieve with that? Like, you know, what's the goal behind this question, right? To understand why they're asking rather than to have someone jump in and give a five minute uh, monologue on the the various ways in which you, you actually solve that that thing that they want. And and that's, that's actually getting to a really important point, Louis, that you, um, you want to know what, what is it, what kind of questions do you need to have uh, prepared? Like what sorts of things do you want to learn on this call? Like, uh, because ultimately what you want to, uh, what you're looking to accomplish at some level is you want to qualify whether or not there, there's a fit. And if there's a fit, how are you going to go about communicating that fit? And so, you, you know, you're going to need to know a few things about your customer, what the requirements are, what their problem is what their infrastructure, whatever those things are, you need to know those ahead of time. So you need to have a list of questions that you want to get answers to. And, and then you'll know, to me, a first call, you know, for a complex sale, you want to know a few of those things. So you know how to respond going forward and whether or not they're a fit. Because if they're not a fit for you, you want to tell them that at some point and, and get them off to, so, so you're not wasting your time or theirs. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. It's uh I think it's 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 more difficult when it's coming inbound because people are self-qualifying themselves to, yeah. to jump on the call. Yeah. So it's it's one of the reasons I actually quite like depending on the the customer. Sometimes this is really useful. Sometimes this is useless. Um, but I do often quite like as part of that introductory email to them once they've booked in the call. Yeah. Just checking and asking, you know, is there anyone else who should be on this call? Yeah. I mean, like it's uh, the current products I'm working on, they don't really require any technical integration. You know, there's no difficulty there, but do we need to have whoever's in charge of this? Like, you know, quite often the revenue, I don't know, the CRO will want to be on the call. So should we get them involved right now as well? Is this, you know, this is something that they need to be, to be involved. And that's, that's something you can reinforce in the, in that, in that email that has the agenda. Mm -hmm. And that is here are the things we're anticipating to cover. And maybe you've learned a few things because if you sent an email before that and they responded or they filled in something, you have an idea, you can say, here are the things we'd, we're, uh, we'd like, we're going to, we're planning to cover. Are, are we on track? And uh, if you had your, your chief revenue officer might be a good person to include on this call, or if they can't, you know, what questions might they have or priorities might they have that we should be sure we touch on? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, anything else from your end on what to do before a call? Uh, well, you, 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 um, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to cheat into the, uh, into the call itself though. So, um, I guess, I guess one thing you might want to do also is as you're anticipating this call, what sorts of, what's, what sorts of resources might you need to have on the call at that time? Is there a particular, you know, if you're doing a demo, you know, walking through the product, you know, I like to stress that it's not a, it's not a chance to 
go into like robot mode. You want to, you want to use the demo to show off specific things. And so I would say, I would say what sorts of things do you need to have ready if you're going to have a demo? And if, and, and I would argue that, can you do, can you get away with screenshots instead, just for the sake of time? And, and if, are those things that you can have at the ready, like beforehand, what, what might you need to have at the ready? You know, what other homework can you do beforehand? Uh, you know, it's, I think it's critically important to read their, you know, look on LinkedIn and Twitter and, and their press, their website to see what the latest news is. You know, you know, I, I a couple of weeks ago, I, well, it's a few weeks ago, I called, I was, I was planning to, um, uh, pitch to one particular company, make a, uh, we, a sales solution to a particular company and then found out they were getting acquired by Aetna. And so that causes everything to come to a screeching halt. So you're almost, you're almost not, you know, you know, if they're calling you and, and setting something up and then you find out they're being acquired, you, that tells you a lot about the landscape of that opportunity. Does that help? Yeah. 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 No, I think that helps a lot. Yeah. It's, um, it's a really good point. I think the other thing I would add as well, uh, something to do is obviously just to make sure you're writing all this down as notes and tracking it inside of your your CRM of choice, which I think is yeah. something that that founders, especially who are new to sales, they they underestimate the value of of doing that. Is it? But, uh, for, they don't for, realize that until it's too late. Very yeah. often. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is there is there um, is there a um, Util is it useful to to check out things like built by and I mean in the SaaS world is it I mean do you do that sort of thing where you kind of figure out what they build on or what they use for technology? Oh yes, so I I mean it depends on the size of the call to be honest, right? Yeah. If it's if it looks like a, how, how much I think it's worth investing in upfront, yeah. and that's, that's sometimes I get that a bit wrong, but in general that's why it comes when people book in a call with with us inbound, um, we ask qualifying questions right we, we let them kind of self-qualify themselves yeah. and a lot of that stuff comes up there we just ask them ourselves but yeah. if they're a, a customer coming in then we you know we'll, we will do so i'll do sort of 10 minutes of research just to i will check out one of their emails for example i will check out which software they're using just the ones that we need to make sure that we can integrate with yeah, yeah. not a you know it's not a big exhaustive list of of work but it's yeah. five minutes ten minutes just to, yeah. to get a feel for it yeah yeah okay yeah because i i'm uh, that that in some cases that might be useful. You know, there there are just a ton of different. I mean, your 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 circumstances are going to vary based on what it is you're selling, you know, the kind yeah. of homework that you want to do. But you definitely want to do some of that homework. Yeah, but I think in general, though, and again, we're we're moving kind of into the talking about the calls, so we'll we'll probably leave this yeah. uh, soon. But the one thing I would say is that when it, when you to your point about the the demos, and I think this is worth kind of bashing into every podcast episode almost, especially for, for the technical founders who love to show off the product. Yeah. In a 20 minute initial phone call where I haven't where I where, where I haven't spoken to the customer before, where this is the very first time that the prospect is is talking to someone from our team. Yeah. If I am showing them the product, actually, you know, even screenshots, if I'm showing them something that they're actually looking at on the screen in that detail about the product, yeah. something has either gone ridiculously right in a very rare case where they're like, yep, I'm sold. I just need to see that it can do this one thing and yeah. I need to be able to prove yeah. it to my yeah. boss. Yep. Sure, fine. But normally that means that something has gone very wrong and uh, it's it's not going to go very well in the future is, is my opinion in, in that first 20 minute call. But that may be different for, um, I think for, you know, if you have software, it's it's very obvious what it does and it's just more much more about the, the UI 
right? So if you have a, maybe for some reason you have a to-do list app that you, you do sales calls for, I don't know why you would, but if that were the case, then obviously you can't really, you know, it, it's all about, do I want to use, does it look good? Do I want to use this or not? But uh, I think in most cases, I, 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 I sort of think, oh no, if, if someone actually, if, if we get to the point where the best thing that I can do on the call is to, to show them the, the, the product, that means something's not gone so well. It's funny because I'm not sure I violently disagree with you here or not, but uh, but I, I'm I've been shopping to replace the CRM lately, and I find that you there are certain features I really need to have, and it is impossible to tell from the from the from the product information whether or not it actually does that thing. And, yeah, and so you you really like I go and get on the on a call, and I can it do this, and can it do this? Here's the here's the two specific functions I want to be able to do. And, and it, from the website, it looks almost certain to do it. And then when you go and ask them, ah, it, no, I can't, we can't. Here's why it doesn't have this one yeah. trigger. Or it doesn't have this one. So, yeah. but so that's, I, that's again, that, that is more like the to-do list example, right? Where it's, it's very heavily UI driven. If you actually have to see the product to be able to see whether it can do that or not. Yeah. And also you are, that's one of those calls where it's, you know exactly what you're looking for, right? You're, you're, you're super qualified. You're, you're very high awareness level. It's, yeah. you know, just show me this thing and you can have my money or if it doesn't have it, then I'm gone, right? Either way, you've, you've solved that yeah, problem very quickly. Yeah, so, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it's true. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm accustomed to a lot of situations where there's a, just a tremendous amount of discovery during the sales, during the early sales process. And, yeah. and, and the, you, you, you know, anyone could, you could do it, but just how much, how much complexity is involved with it. So anyway, it's a, it, it's kind of a fascinating topic. Yeah. Something we can, we can dive into next time yeah. for sure. Well, unless you have anything else uh, for that kind of between booking and call, then uh, let's, let's call it. I around. think that, I think that sets someone up to, to, you know, have a much more successful outcome. If they just know those, those, these few things, I think that's a good, that's a heck of a good start. Yeah. Same. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's leave it there. Let's call it a wrap. All right. We'll see you, Louis. Thanks, Brandon. Okay. That does it for another episode of the Sales for Founders podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. Please, if you enjoyed it, um, share with your friends and leave a review. And we've also got a link here. So if you want to ask a question of us, we'd love to tackle it. So um, thanks for listening.